It's the new perspective. Perspective. That perspective. That's a shift yeah. in perspective you have. That's the new perspective. Alright, welcome back to the new perspective. So I wanted to record with you because of your interest in philosophy and your writings just really fascinated me. Like I'm really excited for you to give people like a new perspective on murder. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here to share my views and perspectives with everyone. Mm -hmm. Me too, me too. Okay, I I don't think I've ever asked you this, but I'm pretty curious. So what like first got you interested in philosophy? Well, philosophy as a concept is, it's almost, it can be brought down to a neurological level where when the synopsis connect and you generate these conceptions as your brain develops, you even come up with your own your own ideas and of morals and in a way philosophies mm -hmm. and i i was always one to be left alone to just perceive everything in which i didn't even realize there was a field for this when i was younger so i just sat there and i perceived and i conceptualized everything to to a degree where i i was a philosopher <laughs> by the technical definition of it I was yeah. a philosopher and I didn't even know there was a term for it and How philosophy I was pretty young like it's definitely around like seven oh my god Jesus where Christ. I was able to where I was pretty I was pretty out there like, I, yeah. well, I, was, I was out there in a way that I didn't fit into the masses. And because mm -hmm. of that, I was left to my own devices and stayed back to observe. I got a lot more knowledge from seeing how it all is instead of taking part in what is considered proverbial society. Well, obviously I partook in society quote quote partook but as kind of an outcast I wasn't really one for fitting in so like more so you yeah. say you're like an observer so yes you didn't do the quote unquote like societal norms like what made you become that observer what separated you why didn't you want to like partake in society oh it's because it's people i i wasn't about that <laughs> it just wasn't really my thing <laughs> yeah no and a big i want to say hindrance but i don't think that is the right word though so, i I have an autistic complexity, and because of that, I had a lot of social struggles and struggled to communicate, to formulate uh, verbal conceptions. So if I'm trying to talk to someone, I was never able to find the words. And because of that, mm -hmm. I just didn't fit in since I never talked. I didn't know how to. I was always just the kid in the back. Mm -hmm. Who understood everything but when it comes time to actually have my input there i didn't have any input because i just couldn't talk it just wasn't for me oh, and since it wasn't a norm that like kids need to be socializing i i just didn't fit in because of that mm -hmm. like and that was okay since mm -hmm. being alone has taught me a lot more than conforming to the ideas of other people it's, uh, it's never yeah. good to, it's never really good to conform instead mm -hmm. that kind of influence should be guiding not controlling i think or uh 
being positively influenced rather than like mm. conforming like yeah what do you feel like you learned more while you were alone when i was alone i had eyes on the one thing that i struggled with the most and that was fitting in with the people socializing and sociology was a concept that since i wasn't able to partake in the conformities that people try to bend in others i was able to just look at people i was able to analyze people and that enabled mm. a lot more open-mindedness and room for perspective i don't know how hard their lives are or how easy their lives are though there are patterns within them and with those patterns within a person you could tell what's going on in their head and you could tell mm -hmm. just what it is that they desire and what it is that is a necessity to them you have yourself a whole person a whole person you could get that just from looking at them if you try hard enough and with that the concept of a society fascinated me because even with these individual people they still had all these traits and they tried to put them all together into a society and it's because of that that we have studies of sociology because we are we all came together to to our necessities of union or an attempt of the union all right just like combining a bunch of different people's mm -hmm. beliefs and what they want and mindset and that like kind of formed this collective yes okay that really interests me like how could you tell like what they wanted how could you tell how could you read people per se well thankfully it was not limited to just looking at people <laughs> if if i was able to just look at people and immediately have a kind of emotional perception or be like i see what they're feeling in this moment then i would be very 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 different i i would <laughs> i would have been quite an amazing kid mm -hmm. if that was the case but instead what i was left to was <laughs> just the patterns that i got when i listened to people and because of that i did my own research and with the research specifically on psychoanalysis i found a lot of interesting studies that i was able to apply been garnering wisdom since i was a little mm -hmm. kid i've been garnering that knowledge to further understand that's that's kind of how i that's how i was able to start reading people is because reading people is down mm -hmm. to a science it is not it's not necessarily just a skill in order to have that skill you need to have the knowledge you can, if you're missing one of them then the other one means nothing mm, so you need both the skill and the knowledge to be able to do it yes mm. what did you learn yes. like what did you learn through your research like that helped you a cool thing about psychology is a lot of psychologists disagree with each other entirely which means it's it's never really definitive like how like unless it's neuroscience that's definitive unless it's not definitive that's a weird very very odd statement but things change no, no information can't change if proven wrong but so a lot of what i learned was mostly on what is a society why do we have societies and what kind of effect do societies really have on people and on top of that i looked at the strange contrast of society and individualism i am significantly different with like with crowds and other people not even just crowds just when i'm with other people 
anybody than when I'm by myself. Significantly different. Significantly less analytical. Yet more tense. And I feel burden of some form of ex expectation if I let it. And when I'm by myself, I am very relaxed. And, and significantly more analytical. I will, when I'm with somebody else on the side, I, I will kind of panic when I try to look into something because I'm with the other person. And when I'm by myself, it's very different. I will look at something and no noise, no expectations. It's all for me. I just do it like, just like that. Like, I've noticed that with me too. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm alone. Oh, it's mm -hmm. you can reflect more when you're alone, right? You can get a lot more insight when you're alone and yes. realizations than you can when you're like with other people. I think being with other people all the time is away from like a lot of learning experiences. There's so much, uh, your mind is still, there's not a lot of noise or anything going on. It's quiet and you can just focus more. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to you, you think, the more you think, okay. the more you, you just love the idea of ideas. And when you love ideas, mm -hmm encourages you to think more and when you just can't stop thinking you just have so many ideas you have creativity and creativity it incites innovation it incites improvement you want this naturally you want this you are being as natural as possible not letting things be the way that they should it just are you should have all these ideas and thoughts and you should have responsibility you should tamper with how things are if it means you have if it means that you gain this kind of improvement as a person and you feel the satisfaction and you tamper as much as you can as much as you want as much as your brain and creativity allows it to and it won't stop or you think in conjunction with this responsibility responsibility of perhaps helping the world in some way or perhaps supporting your family if you want anything to do with that kind of happiness the stuff that stems the happiness that stems from these factors you need to think you need to know how to do it all at any given point you could give up let's see where that gets you Giving up is not an act of happiness. That's an act of forfeiting, of losing. Yeah. When you lose that sense of purpose, right? Like, when if you don't have a goal, if you don't really have something that you're focused on or working towards, it can definitely... It gets rid of uh, your happiness, for sure. Like, I realized like when i was going through my healing journey the biggest thing that helped me was like setting goals for myself like it was uh learning what my passions were learning what i wanted to do and going on like self-care you know like working out like going on walks you know just really having a goal to uh, achieve self-improvement right and achieve like the best version of myself that is what like gave me a lot of happiness it fulfilled me in many ways that like not having that mm -hmm. goal would i agree in which what do you think is more of a societal norm which side of that mm -hmm. spectrum what seems more normal Ah, uh, what seems more normal? I think... I think overall, it is, like, having a 
people are doing things like it's definitely valued to be productive i don't think it necessarily taps into our own personal goals it's more just like uh, like work a good job get a good family get good kids like that's but i don't think it really taps into individuals specific unique goals that they want to do like maybe they want to start this painting business or something or they want to uh like i don't know it doesn't inspire that type of specific goal setting creativity i think it's more just like standard universal values of like what you should do rather than like specific things for individualistic goals you'll find that in a way you're half correct we we do have these kind of norms of say in a way individuality we want you to be individual at the same time we want you to do that while supporting us the society whether it be an economic standpoint or political standpoint anything of the like we want you to support us that's why if you're a billionaire yeah and you're just sitting there doing your own thing with money having that passion you're missing a key factor we're gonna shun you because you have money and you're not helping us out you want to know who we value more the middle class we value those guys why because they're working for us they're tabbing into this society and they're making us they're, they're working it's an interesting perspective hmm. like i mean it depends like there's a lot of jobs and especially in our current society we have a lot of opportunities to like make money in different ways that don't require the classic nine to five like that we've always been used to but like when people are like i said when they have like a lot of free time and they don't really have intention behind what they do can get depressing yeah because it's just like well is the point of this like what i need and it's like it's not a bad thing necessarily to have a lot of like free time per se it's just like what you do with it you know someone who makes money and doesn't work a lot but they have like passions that they do on the side maybe it lets them work on art more maybe it helps them play music you know maybe they're in a band like they have intention behind the other things that they do i think it it'll balance out and you wouldn't like lose that uh happiness you know And what of the people that don't have any of that responsibility to even obtain what they would consider free time? What if all they have is free time? What if they had nothing to even work for? It's one thing to have something to work for, to not feel miserable, and to achieve it. You get all of that free time because you achieved your goal. You may be sad because you oh, don't really have anything to work for. But it's because what you have worked for has come and you are now working towards sustaining it. You want to keep it. That's when, yes, mm-hmm. you will now mm-hmm. have, you will continue to have a responsibility of yourself. So, yes, even people who are just happy doing their own thing doesn't have to be in standard nine to five. If they get a new career that they really like, like if if you're an artist and you're sitting there doing your art you're enjoying yourself because you worked for it if you didn't work for it then look at that satisfaction right like yeah you're just kind of working yeah you didn't really Mm -hmm. work you have a focus 
that's uh the main thing that they're doing in their life like i do agree with you like when i am my happiest is when i'm focused on building my craft or working on the podcast or working on things that i'm passionate about or this music art whatever having a goal um and working towards it brings me so much happiness more than anything else you're never bored like you're literally never bored like i it's really rare for me to get bored since there's so many things that i am working on and that i want to grow in so it gives you so much fulfillment and entertainment and happiness by like having goals and working on uh your passions and just like figuring yourself out and this can be whatever it may be right like your passion may be photography like i don't know doing yoga like five in the morning i don't know whatever it is for you that gets you through life uh you find it and keep working on it and focusing on growth it's so fun you will it helps you out so much in the mental health regard because when i was at like my lowest point i didn't have any goals the only thing that was a goal to me was like cool which isn't even my personal goal it's just the goal that was like thrown on to me so that didn't give me fulfillment once i started healing and figuring out like passions and little things that i wanted to do that completely took control of my focus i was no longer focusing on all of these negative situations or whatever because all of my focus was on my craft and that's what brought me a lot of fulfillment mm-hmm of course, it must just feel great to have all of that to work on. It's, yeah. it's not something everybody can say. And yeah, you, mm-hmm. you certainly seem a lot happier to have things to work on. Something more that you stand for. Although at times it becomes exhausting, but that exhaustion, you can either let it get you down never does or never exhausted like never I think when people feel exhausted it's because they're not doing something that aligns with them like whenever i'm working on one of my passions one of my crafts whatever it may be it gives me so much energy i'm so excited i can do that all day long because i'm just so go oriented and so excited for my future and so excited about what i'm working on you don't get burnt out really like yes take breaks here and there but it's like this is your passion if this is if you're doing something for a higher purpose right like my big thing is like helping people i want to spread my message and help people and if i'm doing that like I don't get like really burnt out from that it's not like doing like fucking algebra no, like I, this is my, oh, this is my calling. Like, you don't really get burnt out from it. Those are fantastic, I'll have you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, like if you're passionate about something, <laughs> exhaustion's gonna be really hard. Like, you just sit down and you just think, man, this would be cool. Man, this would be cool. While those who recognize that there are those things, and that there are ways to get to it. They accomplish that instead of just thinking about it. Also a problem with people who indulge in overthinking, the overthinkers, they will sit down and they can just stare off into space. Just sit there for with ideas in their minds for so long. Yeah. Then they can't act. And the underthinkers, the underthinkers, they end up being almost slaves. You lose that kind of individuality because you don't have anything you want. Nothing. So you just do what you need. You need a balance. That's the one need. 
if you don't have that balance, you will feel terrible for the rest of your life, even until you find it. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so like, if you... Okay, if someone doesn't have a need, they don't really have a purpose. They're not taking action. They're just kind of thinking, oh, this would be nice, but there's nothing that they really are striving for to give them purpose. And if people don't have once, they're just letting other people kind of think for themselves. Like, they're giving them once and just doing whatever other people want them to do because there's nothing that they're personally wanting they're just uh focusing on like survival like yeah like, um just the basic necessity things. and desire are more than just face value they are ends to means they're nourishment and even indulgement they're they're, they're important to the idea of responsibility and the correlation of responsibility and satisfaction mm. that's that's what i believe anyways mm. that's my perspective <laughs> that's your perspective love it uh well then something that i really wanted to talk to you about was like documents that like you sent me were really interesting and like shifted my perspective on some things like what inspired you to start writing well it just happened to be a passion. <laughs> I, I was always a writer. I was always a literate person. Uh, and I always found both agreement and disagreement in a lot of things. And when it comes to something such as literature and just the English language, you could be more expressive with your thought process if you learn that aspect and if you were to learn math. Math, math can help you very specifically with problem-solving aspects, but I was, I'm a big problem-solver. I love math, and yet I'm also a writer. I like both aspects. So I guess what it is is that variety that I have. And writing, writing, I got inspired because I had a lot of ideas. Something I couldn't just come up with if I was sitting there doing math. No, 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 no. I sat back and I just observed and came to my own conclusions because I wasn't forced to have any kind of conclusion. No, I came to my own conclusion from everybody else's conclusions in which I could document them. Words mean a lot with conceptualizing. And those words, is they are what created formulas, the concepts of formulas. Those formulas, which which are expressions of concepts of ideas so i enjoy utilizing the words the writing the language beautiful it's more than just it's more than just comprehension of vocabulary i think writing helps me like put all of my messed up jumbled information in my head into like a well-written like paragraph or whatever i can formulate my ideas a lot better when i'm writing versus when i'm just like talking so i i really value writing i think it's really great for like clearing your head especially like journaling like he talks about some really like interesting concepts like you uh, talked about like human law, which we've talked about before, which is pretty cool. Could you like explain that to me a bit more? Human law. Okay. So, first off, I do agree on every aspect of writing. It's it's very therapeutic in a way. But I digress. Mm. Human law. It sounds pretty definitive, doesn't it? This concept that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> law human law this is how it is this these are the laws that we follow <laughs> like as a, as humans we share these moralities whether we know it or not to formulate these concepts of morals better not to compete with your own kind and to compete with just the rest of the world 
you're gonna get a lot more done and have more individualism if you were to not just kill people and assert your dominance it's not a thing you're with the rest of us there's only one race the human race probably heard that before yeah so like it's like laws that all humans hold it's like shared universal moral standards that we've kind of just naturally come to the conclusion of just basic morals yes and you know how ants do it how ants do it (laughs) yeah like how ants have their colonies their union ants are doing it better than us i bet so i bet so what do they do yeah ants ants are colonized significantly better than we are they're actually working together they live in these little hills and they cooperate with each other they don't go and kill each other like sometimes they do Mm -hmm. but that's only if one is seen as like a betrayal like one is one has betrayed them Otherwise, they all just work with each other. Yeah, betray the ant. So well. That's better than us. We're not doing very good at that. You know, I don't think we really are. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, they have their own little of... ant hills. They got it together. Mm-hmm. They're carrying their food. They're walking yeah. in their little lines. <laughs> and instead, we have means of isolation with ink and isolation. Uh, separation with intent of separation we have this immaturity that we can't seem to get over that's why the ants are doing better than us because we can't accept that we can't accept that all able to work together they can't be just one person at the top or one idea at the top unless that idea at the top it's an actual fact but that isn't that's fine but even with the attempts to unify, a lot of the religions don't even do it correctly. Like, union isn't ecclesiastic in a way, any way, and if it claims to be, then you're instilling, like, like you can instill these ideas, but a lot of the religion, they force feed it, and they end up separating even more. They're like, this is how it is. Hey, wouldn't you guide? Yeah, it to be. Yeah. And then they go over to your door and like, <laughs> have, 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 you, have you heard of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Like, let's say my answer is no. What about it? Well, you and me, <laughs> we can work together on this. Uh, yeah, it creates a lot of separation. Religion, uh, as well as many other things, creates a lot of separation. And I mean, we should be more like the ants work together (laughs) Mm -hmm. like you keep your individuality yeah you emphasize it a lot it's the goal you want to be your own person but you could do that while working with the rest of humanity Mm, okay all of humanity working against each other to see who's at the top to see which culture is superior oh no the concept of human law in human unification is to rectify the tyranny that coming with tribalism like and the big thing about that is with religions people will tie their identity with the religion religion is belief i'll keep it going if you believe in god that's just your belief yeah. It's a terrible idea to associate yourself with it to a degree where it becomes your identity. A big factor in separation is the term yes, identity. Definitely. If you identify with something and you find that it doesn't have anything to do with you, like, yeah. like you'll just be miserable. You'll be shattered. Your ego will be crushed. You'll feel pathetic. Because you decided yeah. you wanted to tie yourself with something that isn't isn't you. It's a, an idea. You are more than an idea. And you'll find that if it's in any way attacked, 
people feel offended in the mm. right or in the wrong. But it's not if it's if it's something that could even be debated. Don't you dare put a title on it. <laughs> Do not title yourself anything of that. I don't so, claim that as your identity. Yeah, because it, I said, yeah, don't claim that as your identity. Like, let's say if you part of uh, one of the main ways that you identify yourself is like, yes, I am a good Christian. That is me. Like, if somebody attacks Christianity, I feel like they're attacking you, but it's not you. Like, that isn't who you truly are. It's just a belief system that you've happened to subscribe to. But not your true self like all of these little labels they aren't your true self they're just labels that you've decided to have like say like you're a cheerleader it's not your it's not who you are it's just a label that you give yourself let's say you're a student like you're a daughter whatever all of these are just labels that you're putting on yourself but like your true self is so much more than that that's why that's why regarding like pronouns and all that, I don't really refer to people as their specific pronoun. I just go, hey, I do not want to hear about your fluctuation of your identity when I can just identify you with one thing, which is the one thing I think everybody should tie an identity to. What is truly themselves is that they're human. Nothing to do with your gender, your beliefs, mm. or anything of the like. Nothing to do with that. Or it doesn't even have to do with like your anxiety or anything like that. Who cares? Because that's all kind of an illusion. I know that sounds like a conspiracy theorist. Like, like it's like, ugh, these concepts are like yeah. illusions, meon. Like, no, oh, they're, I don't they're illusions so. to the mind. Because you, you associate yourself with these ideas. You are deluding yourself, believing this is how it is when really you don't even know that's how it is you feel offended by something that's your own system when you can recognize that everybody else has their own system too mm. that's the problem with associating yourself with a belief in the form of an identity you lose who you really are along with who everybody mm -hmm. else really is because you'll feel attacked it's the idea that's attached not you you are is a human. Yeah. Like, somebody can come along and be like, I hate humans. Like, here's the problem. <laughs> I'll be a big checkmate because they're a human too. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's just remembering who you truly are. And you can go really deep in that route. Like, because... With all of this, all of these labels that you're putting on yourself, you are separating yourself from humanity. You're separating yourself from the world. When in reality, we're all like very much the same. We're all mentally made up out of the same things. We're all made out of atoms, elements, like, like electrons we're all fundamentally made out of the same stuff we're all on the same planet earth in the same yeah. universe when it comes down to it everyone is this divine being in this magical place we call reality so let's see now you understand the essence of the concept of human law, which is actually a bit of an extension from Confucius and his golden rule, where it's like, everybody's heard it in layman's terms, treat others how you want to be treated. This extends upon that. Because you could treat others how you don't want to be mm -hmm. treated, but that's just because that's how they want to be treated. You know? It's like, whatever. Do your, do your thing. Extends onto it. Where? Uh huh. It isn't just that, because everybody has their own personality. It treats everybody maybe relatively the same, but also different. It's based on... It's based on personality. And... I want to touch upon... 
another concept, and that mm. concept is also in that document. Yeah. I said, uh-huh. murder. yes, murder. That's the big one. <laughs> murder is a big one, like specifically let's talk because. About people... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about murder. <laughs> like, there have been so many loopholes in the definition. What's the Oxford de- definition? Mm-hmm. The unlawful killing. Unlawful. Implying that so long as there's jurisdiction within your murdering, you're okay to do it? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, this is a no. Like, maybe associate that more with the rest of humanity and not with your laws. You know what I mean? Like, like. Who cares what your law says yeah. about murder? Murder is murder, regardless. Um, if you took the life of another person by your own hand, you have murdered them. And people took that. I was like, well, there are some exceptions. <laughs> like, let's be real. No, they're not. You you created these exceptions to be abused. In which. So you're like disagreeing with self-defense like you don't think murder can be justifiable i do not agree with i do not believe self-defense is any better especially considering if you want to make if you wanted to be in a lawful sense that's an excuse (laughs) and it's an Mm. excuse that's been pulled out of everybody's asses for so long like, if if you kill somebody in cold blood, though, if you go by the Oxford definition of lawful, stand up in court and be like, it was self-defense. And they'll be like, oh, okay, I guess it was self-defense. Like, no. Yeah, you can't really prove it even, wrong. Per se. Yeah, like, even so, by human law, you... Killed a man. <laughs> you murdered a man. By, by human law, yeah. you still murdered. That definition has not changed just because it fit you. And it's also like this technically the same case with like abortion and all that. Like a main argument is that's that's a life. And I agree, that's a life. You're still murdering. But a big thing is justification. I do not close my mind to where I make this a definitive. I do not justify murder in any way, even if it's self-defense. However, understand if you have to. Yet by the definition of murder, you are still a murderer if you have murdered somebody. (laughs) Like, if you killed somebody in cold blood just like that, you still murder them. Hmm. And I may understand it, but it's still murder. Right. Still murder. You get what I mean? Yeah, so, like, your critique is that it allows people to get away with murder, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. Because the definition is, like, killing one human being by another. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I ask, do you justify murder? How would you ask, how would you respond? Oh my gosh, I I don't know. I feel like there are definitely times where uh, self defense can be used as an excuse and isn't uh, actually true. Like people are just saying that to get off easier which is definitely not good and something that should be looked into more but i feel like in certain times self-defense can be justifiable like let's say someone was chasing this girl like outside he had a gun was right behind her about to kill her and then like she took the gun and shot him to save his life like how would you react to that like what else could she do it's like either she dies or he dies like and this is where i said 
Even though I don't justify it, I understand. Perhaps that's where you're at too, is you understand it. But by the definition of murder, do you justify killing another human? Uh, this is hard. I feel like it could be. I feel like it could be. Maybe, depending. Like, I will, I will say, anybody who just says, yeah, there are ways to justify it. Like, no, you can understand it. No. <laughs> like, I don't justify murder in any way. But I understand it when it needs to happen. I understand it, but that doesn't mean I justify it. To justify yeah. it in any way is justifying murder. I don't do that. And here's the thing. If anybody just says, yeah, I can justify murder. It's like, you, you're justifying, right? Like you say, I can justify murder. You're a psychopath. <laughs> why, why do you want to justify murder? Like, you understand it. But like, damn, you really want to just straight justify yeah. it and it's also one of those concepts where why would you want to justify murder you know hmm. just to make exceptions but then you make the exceptions and you realize you're trying to do the exact thing that hey like I'm, I'm talking about you're trying to stray away from that human law to make exceptions so there are ways for it to be okay so you can sneak that in that's perfect for serial killers total psychopaths to even justify it yeah I, you can understand it empathy goes out to oh. those who who need to okay. defend themselves and yeah. it ends up being fatal my empathies to them I understand but that's still murder so hmm. what makes murder. you so passionate about this what makes you passionately want to like write about it well for one uh my colleague actually introduced me to a lot of these concepts and i just added on to them and then we started writing together so that was a big inspiration is him mm. he he had a lot of ideas too and we share a lot of ideas that we're writing about and that's what kind of got that passion and another passion that or another catalyst for that passion is my general love for humanity and how disappointed I am by the separation that we are intentionally inflicting upon ourselves and though I know I can't rectify that alone Although I'd want to, I can't. I need to think realistically about it. I still believe in our potential that much that we can we can fix this eventually by keeping our minds open and mm -hmm. striving for unity. Mm, I love that. Like, I think if we all remembered that. That we are all collectively unified and separation is just an illusion. Mm -hmm. That's why closed minded people, like if you run into <sighs> someone that's just a total tool, just you cannot change their mind in any way mm -hmm. because they're sitting there just looking at you and saying, you're stupid. And it's really just you sharing your own ideas. Those type of people are terrible to deal with, right? They're nuisances. They're so annoying. Right? Because they're in their own. They don't want to be with the rest of the people because they're so focused on themselves. You could focus on yourself while also being with the rest of the people. But to open up to ideas is what's going to lead to union. Like There's more ideas than just your own. You do a lot better actually listening to them. Not just throwing them away because your values or whatever. Remember where the values came from, from other ideas. Not everybody is just like, actually nobody is that original. The ideas came from somewhere. There was something that it came from. And we'll do a lot better from learning from those and unifying through the open-mindedness and the potential of our rationale within our whole humanity. We have you only have one pair of eyes to see through 
But you also have one pair of ears to listen with. Is that what you said? Like, being open-minded can inspire unity. I haven't really thought about that before, but when we are open to different perspectives and ideas, we are actually listening to them and not just completely focused on ourselves and our individual ideas and we're like oh you're wrong ever like when you're open-minded and accepting of everything you get rid of that veil of like oh right wrong good bad like this idea that idea if you're just open to listening to everything it can uh inspire that unification like you can disagree with things obviously like you, you don't have to accept everything. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But your own conclusion doesn't come from just you. It comes from other experiences. And you're keeping an open mind it helps you understand other perspectives. So you know where your ground is. You do not just stand your ground without listening to other perspectives. Because now you don't even know if your perspective is strong or weak. You don't know how to tinker with it. You just know, I have an idea, and I think it's better than everybody else's. Even though I haven't even heard everybody else's ideas. But I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, that's the power of, like, listening to the ideas of others. You're able to, like, contemplate and just, like, reflect on your own ideas and beliefs. Because if you're not able to do that, like, you won't have, like, a solid foundation for your mindset and perspective like yeah then you can learn to you can learn from it and also add to your own ideas and expand and share them and create such a positive yeah effects in the world like don't get me wrong like you don't have to accept everything i am very much a critic Mm, i see when somebody says something like, if somebody says something that's just, I don't agree with, I will say, hmm, that doesn't seem right. Let me target these so I can understand that point more. And if I target these points and if they nullify anything else, then perhaps we can work together on a new idea. I like doing that. I mean, I'm just, I do debates and I... You like debating. I do. Okay. I like, that's where my critic nature comes in is I see the wrongs. And it's always something I focused on. I looked at the wrongs and how that could be really fixed. Although I've also focused on the rights and how they are. And I've loved them. I'm grateful for what I have. Trying to eliminate everything else that's not good. The negativity of it. Like, I'm a critic. Bradley say that. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of things. Because I have my own ideas of things. But these ideas didn't come from just me thinking about them they came from the disagreement that i even disagreed with myself i found the ground from the disagreement you can disagree so much and the more you disagree the more you agree there's there's even a balance in that you agree too much you'll find that your perspective isn't even your perspective anymore it's basically somebody else's and you just say i agree i agree i agree but is that really you agree or are you just there listening and saying, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that's an idea. Be open, but be willing to close the door shut when something is wrong. This, this world isn't fantasy. It's not a... It's not fictional. Not everything can be. You're, any make-believe idea of what's... Like, any societal yeah, viewpoints. I like that. Like, it could be absurd. When yeah. you're forming your own perspective believe a lot of the times the way that you even get that in the first place is by disagreeing with others beliefs so that's how you even form formulate your own ideas is just by conflicting with others and that's why it's so important that's why it's so important to seek those out seek that information out and want to conform it like can be something really important like government belief or 
something your president believes or something a person of power is telling you and if you don't have that skill to like find the flaws and you're just not like a zombie like yeah yeah i agree i agree then that can save you from a really dysfunctional society yeah it's dangerous having any of that prejudice any of your own ideas without anything to fact check it your ideas are conducive to other ideas and other ideas are conducive to your own and let's be real none of us are really special in that regard i may have any bright ideas you may have bright ideas you may have this individuality that you possess but let's be real you're not special because everybody's special and you'd keep that You'd be a lot more special if you listened to the ideas to create more of an idea. You don't have a prejudice. You don't. It is imperative that you recognize you are with everybody else in this. You are with your own humanity. If you don't do that, then how could you really say you have... Like, How do you say, call yourself a thinker if you really only think of one thing? You know, like the essence of a thinker is you factor in thoughts and you are not the only person thinking, but the closed minded prejudiced people, they're not the only ones thinking. So if they refuse to understand that other people have thoughts too, they cannot study thoughts. They cannot understand thoughts. They cannot be considered a thinker because they do not relate to thinking. Yeah. They yeah. abstain from that oh. by shutting out other thoughts. That's not how that works. But yeah, it's like your ideas are they're part of a larger girl. scale. It's not just you, but it you got little bits of pieces from your culture, from this, yada yada. But everything that you believe is contributing to humanity on a large and kind of formulating like the societal like belief systems just one person at a time mm -hmm. and it's really important because like you have an impact right like you're going to share whatever you believe to the people around you they'll share that to other people so you're affecting a lot of people based off of like unbeliefs and people are going to um, and it's like it's important because you're actually affecting a large amount of you have the potential to affect a large amount of people if you have that intention to you know that's why i love it that's why i love like learning so much and hearing other people's ideas because it just helps me learn and grow and develop mine so i can further help people right i can further get my message across all the information that i ever give out and from these people that I look up to a lot, mostly online, it's a combination of all of these incredible individuals that have passed along their beliefs, their ideas. And now I have them and now I'm going to spread them. And that's what we keep doing. We keep spreading and we keep, you know, uh, overall affecting people and it'll create a chain reaction. So power and imagine if everybody did that a lot of people oh, only had imagine to do that like imagine how different the world would be <laughs> don't think for so long but certainly need some action you know only imagine. <laughs> one step one person at a time many ideas at a time though all of them all of them together. Mm -hmm. We'll get that eventually. Uh, in like one of your documents, you were bringing up like government, and this is pretty interesting. And you said like 
Government bodies don't have any real power. What did you mean by that? It's really that. Government power is only appointed by the people. It's interesting. That just the people that's putting the power into the other people and having that power. Why are we appointing our own humans to rule over us? They don't really have that power. We just gave them it. Really there, you know. Like it it defeats the purpose of individualism if you give that power to someone so they can ruin it for you. That's what creates the tribalism is the appointment of superiority. That's what creates that unhealthy competition. You don't have that power doesn't really exist. Like don't be powerful because you let it be. That's how the people are. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like our democracy, we have things like protests and all that because we recognize that that there's not really that power there. Is it really considered power if we can continue to you know, like if it's word of the people, the people that created the system? It's all man-made. Where's the power in that? Where's the power that's being enforced onto other people when really they're the same as us. Like Joe Budden, Donald Trump, those. So I'll even just go double Trump because he had way more power. Like he, he was a powerful man. But it's strange when you look at him, you're like, he's still just a human. He's still just a person. What makes him so powerful? Easy, because people made him powerful. That power doesn't exist. Like, we just believe it does because we need something like that. Or we believe we have the need for that higher up, that power. But that defeats the purpose of individualism. There should be guidelines, not laws or rules, you know? Like, of course, there's the laws and rules, but only mm. only those which aren't redundant just have these guidelines of how things should be. But if people stray away from that, at least they'd be following the rules so there isn't any redundancy, so there aren't any spots where it's like, you do something yeah. very basic in this state, we will arrest you on the spot. Like just more like guidelines. Uh-uh. And the people <laughs> have the power because we give it mm-hmm. to them. Like we are the ones that actually put them in that spot. Like the power is illusion. It's all just because of the masses. I feel like people fail to recognize that. Like so true. And it just makes you think, like, why, what we actually can do when we remember our power, it makes us remember, like, how we can create a change and how we are actually the ones letting this happen. Yeah, I really loved your quote in there. You said, like, Patriots are advocates or slaves of their economy. What did you mean by this? Can you elaborate? It's actually, uh, that's actually a quote from my colleague. Oh, okay, and okay. He meant, he meant specifically that to be an advocate for this power of the government, this patriotism, you're advocating for their power to hold you to imprison you and they're much more powerful than you because you're patriotic if you do not conform to that you'll find you have a lot more freedom and if you like that's not like you could be mm-hmm. like, you could be very political like i am so for the government that i will listen to them and everything they say i love the power that they have 
you're basically letting them enslave you. You like you're losing your power. You're losing any of the power you have there if you're giving the power to someone else. Oh, Don't yeah. give power sure. to anybody. Perhaps leadership can be instilled, not power, because power is abusable. And power is it's it's strong and it's tough to deal with. So if you go out of line, even in the slightest bit, and you try to be more powerful than the power, you're just going to create a cycle of corruption. And eventually the one with the higher power is going to look at the one trying to surpass the other and say, you're, you're done. I can just kill you on the spot because I have the power to do so. It's, it's corrupt. Fies the very idea of union. Because you're appointing <laughs> someone to hold you a hostage. Mm. That's why it's okay to have somebody appointed to look over everyone. But that mm. power should only go that far. If the power is like, I get to do whatever the hell I want to all of you. And not have any of you any say in it. Because I am powerful. Right. That's, that's the government. Government's corrupt and they don't actually listen to you. <laughs> Your sure. word doesn't matter. And that, yeah, no. that's the big. Oh, that's what that no. means, actually. Yes, power is definitely different in comparison to like leadership, and that's a good like distinction there. Like, you can have people that are kind of guiding us that we are. Uh, like kind of following in the footsteps because we agree with them and we see them as a role model but then we can have people that just have complete power and can kind of do whatever they want it does separate us it's such separation it's that um, hierarchy completely which like it's rid of the truth of the oneness of humanity and I didn't really think about it like that well I got my perspective I think that is a good place to end I so glad I finally got to record with you and I'm getting a bit tired <laughs> it's like 2.30 in the morning <laughs> Alright guys, that is a new perspective. That's the new perspective. <laughs>